Geek Shock. You got the touch. You got the Allergies, life. Yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> life. Really. Yeah. Fucking a. Yeah. And you've gone through the whole, you know, DNR or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They, the, the other nurses and the um, nursing supervisor takes care of all that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I I heard a story once from a teacher in high school that he he was working as a paramedic, and somebody he was called actually to come over and you know the kid had a heart attack blah, blah, blah. and they pulled over in his shirt and he swears he said there was a tattoo do not resuscitate wow good goddamn and he was like signature right there like <laughs> <laughs> well there you go yeah if it just says do not resuscitate no, as a tattoo have, that's not they enough they gotta have signature and all okay that. all so, right yeah, well there's, there's gotta be, be there's also gotta be a witness too that could be the yeah. name of his band yeah. Right. yeah. Oh my God. Who's that a good cover band for? Do not resuscitate is uh, the uh, Keith Richards. And <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, the Rolling Stones. The Rolling Stones. That's the Rolling good. Stones. Yeah. That is the answer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number four hundred seventy-six. I am Master Torgo. Eighties Jeff. Commander K. Fact check. Dandy who's hat is off to Maple Leaf. Wow. Yeah, we, we almost have to end the show right now because that was, <laughs> yeah, that was really. too good. Well, Watch out, the Grim Reaper Matt. <laughs> It's only yeah. downhill Don't from fear here. Don't fear the reaper. Uh, <laughs> we're to talk week and geek. Uh, gentlemen, what geeky things you do this week? Kay and I watched the end of uh, Iron Fist. If did finally- you get the news today? Jessica Jones canceled. Yeah, yeah. we did. Canceled. Well, like, yeah. Fuck it. I'm not, and that's I'm not- the problem with every one of these shows that we're watching now because I know that we're watching they're the last one. They're hitting their stride. And they're like, oh, this is going to be great next. Oh, no, it isn't. It, it ironed the, the, the last, some of the last visuals of Iron Fist make the you totally weird. like, God damn, I want to do, I want to see more. It ends brilliantly and perfectly. And then there's like five more minutes. It's like, oh, oh, I can't wait to see that come out. What's yeah. up with that? And That's going to be nope. great. Not going to see that. The good news with Jessica Jones is one more, se- one more season. It. Yeah. So it's like they can wrap it all up. Hopefully. Yeah. That's so. the plan. No, they said Jessica Jones season three will air. And and I don't even have to hit that news thing later. This is good. That's all right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, get, get it out get of the it way out early. We yeah. also started Daredevil. Yep. The the final season for now. Yep. I really like everyone's performance, mm-hmm. and and boy, Vincent D'Onofrio, that's just some that's some meaty stuff. But goddamn, that that series has decided what its trope is, and it irritates the loving ever shit out of me. What is it? Remind me. I have to lie to my friends to protect them. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's just <laughs> like, oh fuck, here we go. Yep. Yeah, they didn't do that in Iron Fist. Not the second season. Second season was kind of so sort of. There was some hiding stuff, but Daredevil. It's really, really. It, it, it's like they've decided it's an integral trope. You every know, fucking season, he's got to keep some big fucking secret yeah. from everybody, and then they're gonna get all pissed at him because he kept a secret from yeah. them. Oh my I know. god! In Iron, I love that. In oh. Iron Fist, the stuff he's hiding, he's hiding from himself. Really, first of all, yeah. And Colleen is on top of it. Colleen's mm-hmm. like, you're hiding something. She, no, I'm not. Oh, dude. Colleen and Misty Knight, <sighs> they're setting up Nightwing investigations. You're looking at this going, this is the se- next series I want to see. Yep. Yeah. 
Oops. So Fuck. in your your story about the things being clipped, did you run across um, Hulu possibly picking them up? And do you believe yes. it? Yes. Uh, uh, I don't think they're going to pick them up in their current iteration. If, <sighs> I think if it happens, well, you know what, Jeff Loeb. Uh, blogged about the cancellations. So I I pulled this quote from the blog. Uh, Our network partner may have decided they no longer want to continue telling the tales of these great characters, but you know Marvel better than that. As Matt Murdock's dad once said, the measure of a man is not how he gets knocked to the mat, it's how he gets back up. To be continued, unquote. All right, good. So, yeah, Hulu has expressed interest. However, there are... A lot of contracts that are still in play with this thing. Right. Yeah. And a lot of people that are now moving on to other projects because well, yeah. they have to make a living. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As yeah. disappointed as I was in the first season of Iron Fist, it second season more than made up for it. Wow. Second season That's was just amazing. Andy even liked Finn's performance. If Finn could get better. He so. got, definitely got better. No, it it, it was it was good. It well, was it, it was really I enjoyable. rewatched um uh Indiana Jones. <laughs> And the Crystal Skull, which I had not seen since I saw it in the theaters, and it was better than I remembered. But um, what's his name? The, oh, fuck, the guy who played his kid, um, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. He was terrible. <laughs> he, he he just stank that thing up. I think uh, that was around the time that he was getting fed up with the whole Hollywood machine. So yeah, probably yeah. just kind of phoned it in. Well, he definitely phoned it in because it was like it was like a bad high school performance when he's doing his lines in the first half. Once. Near the end of the movie, he got better, but the beginning of it, it's like, yo, daddy O, don't give me no grief. <laughs> it, That's what it, happened to him? He uh, just was fed up with Hollywood? Uh, yeah, he's kind Didn't of... a breakdown? Okay. He's been doing like a few independent films here and there, was or it, I should say... like performance uh, art pieces. His, yeah. his lunatic performance art stuff is awesome. Wasn't yeah. this before uh, uh, Transformers? Wasn't he in that? No, no. This no, is, this, this is, is after. after. Oh, it's after. Okay. This is this, this is, is after like, the like, second Transformers film. Like Jeff film. said, this is he was the it boy. Mm-hmm. I would wager my left nut that they were entertaining possibilities of making him the new Indiana Jones in well, continuing. That, that's the how franchise. it ends. He's like going to pick up the hat and and uh, yeah, he takes I, it away. I'll, I'll bet anything. But then the the blowback was so bad. I mean, yeah, that was rumored around that time yeah. is that they were going to try to do a new series. Where you know Harrison Ford would just kind of be the mental role, a la the Sean Connery yeah. father sure. figure, but he wouldn't appear for very long on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and so. I, I'm willing to bet that was all a test market on yeah. that. It was all try- thinking. You know, I don't know necessarily that you know it was a done deal. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. I should say, but yeah, you you know, and he was he was the it boy at the time. Hit, I mean, Transformers. I like his comic timing. I think his comic timing is pretty good. Oh, the first Transformers is good. Yeah. The very first one is yeah. good. But, um, uh, yeah, you know. second one right. was diminishing returns. Well, if, sure. if you like me, you, you have not watched. Don't worry. It's called a dishwasher. Oh, okay. Uh, if like They've me. Invented, they were I, invented. No one would have known if he hadn't stopped. <laughs> I'm sorry. I could hear it really loud in my headphones. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> if like me you haven't watched that movie since it came out in the theaters it's it's got some some good sequences in it the refrigerator thing is still stupid the swinging through the lines of the monkeys is still stupid but well, the the but chase both getting hit in the crotch with cactus that's fun priceless yes. well you know why the refrigerator is in there right uh i'm gonna assume it's something george lucas had in his head just like no steven spielberg 
Spielberg had that in his head. So the original premise that Bob Gale and Bob Zemeckis came up with in Back to the Future for the time machine right. was a refrigerator that had to be near an atomic blast to right. send the, 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 the refrigerator back in time. Wow. That, so that is the homage to Back to the Future. That changes that everything. <laughs> so that's the whole reason you have that. So go back in time like atomic... Like a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's have this movie breaking moment to Omar something no one knows about but Jeff. Right. Yeah, really. Yeah. Well, and, well, and it, I, I, what's well, really funny well, too. Well, they've said it in several interviews when they've talked about why the DeLorean became the time machine. They're sure. Like, and we, we realized all, we all knew that because we saw those. They're like, like we realized it just wasn't feasible, so we had to come up with an actual right. time machine that we could send back. More than once or twice. Well, you see, Andy, and that's why Indiana Jones didn't go back in time in that moment, Absolutely. which you wouldn't yeah. have otherwise. Right. Um, the second movie, when they jump out of a plane and, and oh, using, yeah. using a raft, that, that was almost movie-breaking for me. I oh, was like, sure. what? Yeah, they but did, I, they, I, I got past it. They did that on Mythbusters, where they actually tested that out, and it did not work. I, no, <laughs> you're kidding. <laughs> you can't drop thousands of feet using a raft as a, as a cushion on a, and land on a flat surface? That's great. They didn't land on a they flat landed surface. On the river. They landed slope. on a slope, but it wasn't much of a slope. <laughs> You'd have to be in order for that to well, work at all. You'd have to land on something that was nearly vertical and then have it slowly. Yeah, and I even know. even then, but that would just tear the raft apart. Yeah, I, yes. I, I like that. That's the problem you had with that film. <laughs> I like how you're analyzing this whole situation. Yeah. I love it. Not not the pulling the heart out of the chest. See, that's, or, that's weird or magic. That's any that's, of the that, other. You don't have to explain weird magic. Man. Yeah, it's weird magic. That, that is actually a criticism of fantasy that does irritate me is when people sit there and say, oh, I see, so a dragon talking, that didn't bother you. But the fact that the sword cut a piece of solid rock in half, that drove you crazy. And it's like, well, that's the rules of the fantasy world in order, established. In order to have the fantastic elements, you have to have the non-fantastic elements, the mundane elements, yeah, be dead solid. So that's what we did this week. All right, terrific. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, and I watched Russian Doll and he didn't. What yeah, did you I, think of Russian I Doll? Didn't. I loved Russian Doll. Yeah, that was amazing. Have you heard anything about it? I I know its basic premise. It's, yeah, it's Groundhog Dayness ish. Ish. Um, except that they instead instead of it being right? a set day, yeah. uh, she keeps dying and she comes back to the same moment. What what moment? Uh, the, where the where, moment where, of death or no? She comes back to uh, she's at a party. She's at her own birthday party. Okay, she's in the bathroom. Staring at the mirror, and okay. he keeps coming back to that. Okay, but eventually things start shifting, uh, and 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 she she can go from lasting an hour to lasting days before she dies. Dies as in gets killed or something? Yes. Or, okay. Yes. First so she's thing, like an accident, right? The first thing she does yeah. is hit by a car. There's like a really weird and funny sequence where she tries to leave the party. And she repeatedly falls down the stairs. Every time she goes to the stairs, she like tries a different way to get down the stairs and falls down the stairs over and over and over. Eventually, gets to a point where she just won't go. To, she starts going out the fire escape because that doesn't kill her. That was one of the things I really enjoyed about Happy Death Day was the the sequence where she's trying to kill herself and keeps, you know, she's trying all these different creative ways to Such off a herself. Good movie. And, and uh, it looks like they're going to do some more of that in the uh, the sequel that's coming up this summer. I think it came out this last week. Did it last week? I yeah. thought it was coming up next yeah, month. Yeah, it did come out this last week because yeah, okay. it's formed. I was looking at movies and I was like, holy shit, there's shitty movies right now. Six days straight this week. I haven't really had <laughs> any time to think I, straight, but let yeah. alone. 
I would love to do a Groundhog Day fan edit where when he's doing the whole trying to commit suicide, he does one particular thing, maybe he drops the toaster in or something, and then it cuts to a hospital room, and he's comatose, and Andy McDowell is like, oh my God, they said he'll never ever wake up, and a friend is like, yeah, that's pretty tough, and they leave, and he's just lying there totally vegetative and didn't die and he's out of the loop <laughs> just as a vegetable you probably want to watch russian doll <laughs> dark i'll watch uh, it eventually but, um, that was pretty dark <laughs> but uh yeah i just kept oh, seeing so many different morning. people from different worlds of mine on facebook talking about this show was great and i'm like all right i'm gonna watch it and I was hooked within the first few minutes. The, the, the main actress is Jen. And I'm sorry, I can't remember the name, but she is just brilliant. She's, She's from and, Orange Is the New Black. Yeah, yeah. And and everybody in the movie, I'm going to call it a movie. Everybody in the show is an amazing character. They've, there's no throwaway characters. They're all everybody you interact with in it for more than a few seconds, and even a lot of the people that are just in it for seconds are well developed characters. Huh. Yeah. Well, if it's talking about things we watched, I watched the first three episodes of Umbrella Academy. Ah, I saw that was on there. How is that? A new show on Netflix. We read the book for the, well, the graphic novel, right. Volume 1, for the Geek Shock Book Club. And I, much like Preacher, it makes changes where it has to, but keeps the tone solid. Good. If you're a fan of the original material, it really does a good job of interpreting it. The characters are spot on. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes away some of the fantastical elements, which would just, frankly, be too expensive. Mm-hmm. And frankly, in my opinion, were a bit goofy in the graphic novel. Okay. Uh, so it grounds it a little more, but still does not lose that goofiness. You still have the walking, talking chimpanzee. I mean, there's there's still things that are like, what? All right, yeah, that works. Feels a little disjointed in places. And I think just because I think it's a really hard story to translate. Because mm-hmm. that... It's kind of all over the place, and and a little dark. It's 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 X Men if nobody got along. Okay, somebody uh, was complaining that it was um, basically The Incredibles. I'm like, eh, if it's basically The Incredibles, mm. it's also basically Watchmen. Um, I, I don't see Incredibles in that at no, that, all. It, 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 that sounds like somebody who saw some squabbling superheroes and they go to Incredibles and that's 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 the depth of their knowledge. Is mm. this person no superheroes? Uh, I it was friend of a friend, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I that that's that just sounds. Yeah, the like whole a, premise of Umbrella Academy is one day, forty six women across the world got pregnant and had a baby by the end of that day. Right. That shows that in the preview. Right. And this billionaire adopted as many as he could mm-hmm. and basically ran them as a social and science experiment as their father trying to create a group that would save the world. Mm. And so he was no father. They had no proper mother. And so they just were brought up in these horrendous circumstances. Wealthy in finance, but not wealthy in any other way. Skinner box babies. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it was cut to 17 years later when the dad dies. Everyone gets back together when they haven't been together in 16 years. Oh, wow. So, yeah. It's... And by God, what a great use of soundtrack. Oh. The soundtrack in this show is top-notch. Again, I'm only three episodes in, but so far, thumbs up. Especially if you read the material. It, it, is a, it made me go back, re-download the, the comic from Comixology and 
start to piece together what they had to change. But yeah, they're 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 keeping it solid. Right. I may watch it without reading the book just so I can have a the different. Point. Yeah, I, I think you should. Yeah. So my dad was in town. Uh, he left Sunday, and we actually went to the Void. Cool. Which so one? Which like one? That. Uh, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Nice. The other one was like a horror one. So you might like that one. I want to do that one. Yeah. And uh, he really liked that one. He's like he's like blown away by the technology and everything. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Dude. And we also went to the Pinball Hall of Fame. Oh, nice. nice. So and he was like, I could I had to prime away from Space Invaders. <laughs> so that was his game. So Space nice. Invaders, went, fantastic. Went, yeah. went, went, dude. Yeah. When you went, get somebody in front of VR that's never experienced it before, it, it is a life changing experience. Yeah, he was like, damn. He was like, wow, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, when you're in the waiting room, I don't. You've done it. Yep, you've done it. Yeah, you're with I was me. With, I was with yeah. you. Yeah. He was like, like a f- great podcast where he basically has his hands in front of him. He's like looking at him like. Admiring his hands and like yeah. <laughs> trying to touch things. Right, I, like, I flipped Kirsten off to see if it would actually let me do it. <laughs> Did it let it? you do it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's proper. Yeah, I, I think Barry and I played patty cake. Yeah. Yes, yes. Nice. Yeah. Um, I was when I did the uh, uh, Wreck It Ralph one. Everyone, all the all the other ones, I think the characters are pretty much look alike. But in the Wreck and Ralph one, they're all different characters. I was like trying to look down on myself. I couldn't get my head down far enough to look at myself. Where the hell I looked like. All I can see is my hands. I just call that Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else you do this week, guys? It's it's only slightly geeky, but uh, I got to see the uh, the YouTube premiere of uh, the music video for Weezer's Aha. Wow. Take on me. Yeah. Okay. Take on me. What do you um, think? And uh, it was pretty good. It has uh, the kid from uh, Stranger Things uh, oh. and his band. Oh, fun. Uh, uh, Finn Wolfhard, I think is his name. Sounds right. Um, and anyway. If not, it should be. He has his own band. They lip sync the song, so it's supposed to be set in the 80s. And somebody made the comment, and it's like, oh, look, a, a thing in the 80s that Finn is doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, music videos. Did you see the um, Postmodern Jukebox uh, cover of uh, Pinky and the Brain theme yes. song? No. Oh, my God. It's beautiful. It, it, it's a sultry version of the theme song. Oh. Mm-hmm. And, and when they, yeah, and when they get to the middle, there's a, you know they've got the band in the front, and there's a couple bartenders in the back just cleaning glasses and stuff. And when they get to the break in the song, which is between the opening credits and the end credits of the Pinky, Inter- during that break where they're just playing music, the thing slowly pans into the bartenders and they start talking. And oh. it's, and it's Maurice it's Lamarche, Bar- yes, and exactly. The, and uh, I forget the other guy's name. The guy that has a podcast. Um, the two actors who played Pinky, Pinky in the, in the Brain. Brain. And just a wonder, and that's wonderful. And then to go to the end of it, and then it it uh, it ends with uh, the salt, the sultry chanteuse going narf. <laughs> Glorious. Yeah, they're getting a residency here. Yeah, they are in April. Yep, coming up real quick. Now, si- you know, speaking of cool bands, Simon Scoop sent us an email about uh, have you ever have you guys heard of uh, let's see what Cybertronic Spree. Hmm, no. Is that the the Transformers costume oh. cover band? Yes. Yes. Oh yeah, I've seen some clips of that. That's a that's Yeah, they cool. are. They in, do some pretty decent covers of songs. They're all dressed up in Autobot tra- garb. Tra- but actual Transformers, not yeah. like we're a random Transformer from so no, there there's there's one that What's is like Soundwave Ultra Star Magnus. Scream. Oh, okay. No. Yeah, there's one that's Soundwave. He's the drummer. It, the, RC is the lead singer. Right. She's the uh the pink, the pink singer, one, right? right? Yes. Yeah. And Rodimus Prime is also singer and guitar. Right. And they're freaking amazing. They, yeah. 
when they go out and perform, they perform the entirety of the Transformers soundtrack. Nice. And then they also perform a lot of cartoon themes. Mm. Uh, and, and not like well-known ones like the raccoons and the theme from droids. Uh, uh, wow. Trouble, Trouble Again is Dude, the name of it. raccoons is well-known. Come on. They I, do the whole I don't know what the, the hell the raccoons is. Is that a Canadian thing? Yes. Yeah. Of course it is. <laughs> it's an amazing show, though. Is it, uh, yes. is it make up for Caillou? What, what's it all about? Uh, Shut up, Jeff. Simon, <laughs> oh, shit. I want to go back to that. Go, go, go on, I'll, I'll come back to that one. Simon Scoops called them guar for the 80s cartoon crowd. All right. Which is a great way to put it. Uh, their Facebook page describes them. We perform the soundtrack from our 1986 documentary, The Transformers, the movie. Also, we uh, are Transformers. <laughs> nice. So, I like that. Our documentary. <laughs> so, That's again, awesome. Cybertronic Spree. Uh, I'm probably using them for the music to open up this show to give you a taste. I uh, write that down. But check, check them out because I can play you all the music from them you want, but you got to check them out visually. Now. Yeah, you really do. They're physically impressive they have several videos on youtube yes uh, and they're I'm, out performing live all over the place i'm trying to remember what song i recently saw them cover and it was just a probably immigrant a, song yeah oh yeah it I might have been because it was a really good cover yeah like vocally and musically but it was just it's you almost have to watch it twice because like the first time through you're completely distracted by the showmanship in the costumes. Sure. And then you go, oh, wait, they actually did a really good job of performing this music. That like the we drummer who's Soundwave, so he's making like energy yeah. cubes. Like, yeah. Write that in there. No. No. Damn it. <laughs> Megatron. Yes, Megatron. Soundwave is always my. He's my favorite. I love Soundwave. Well, I did it. Did you? I finally did it. Yeah. I had my very first game of Warhammer 40K this week. Wow. Oh, yeah, we saw that. It's did you win? official. Yes. Wow. They con- uh, my opponent conceded to me in the fourth round. Whoa. Wow. That doesn't seem like a lot. Realizing it only goes to five rounds. Oh, really? Yes. That And those four and a half rounds lasted two and a half hours. Wow. But to be fair, an hour of that was me looking up stats and saying, sorry, I got to look up with what this guy can do and what can your guy do and um, I, what's this rule? And so I, I, I want to thank Alex for being very patient with me and, mm-hmm. and guiding me because, boy, I needed a lot of guidance. Mm-hmm. I, I've learned a lot, but I have a lot to learn. But the, the big what fear. What was he playing? He was playing Custodes. Okay. Which so. are the... The Emperor's biggest chosen, yes, the Emperor's, the Emperor's chosen space marines. Guard, yeah, so very few models that every single one of them nasty. Yeah, they all hit like trucks. Yeah, yeah, kind of OP. Thousand <laughs> points, and I think he had like eight or nine figures on the board. Yeah, so ugh. and I and I thought I, I I think I came in hard at the beginning, and then he was started trashing me in the middle, but apparently it wasn't enough to gain the ground back. But the big fear in going into this was, okay, I've put a lot of work into these models doing the paints. Am I going to like the game when I actually play it? And? I do. Yes. It's, it's so much fun. I knew you would. And <laughs> I knew you would. And even though I have a, a fully painted army and I have the own rules for myself about making sure that it's well painted before I put them into a battle, I do not have that opinion for anyone else. Play the game the way you want to play it. In fact, the uh, Alex was playing against, I think maybe two of his figures were painted. 
Uh, I got to have a fully painted army. In the race. Just, yeah. it, you know, it's, yeah, it's your I'm own rules way. of how you I'm do the it. the same way, yeah. But you Warhammer however you want a Warhammer, unless you're in some kind of tournament where they're dictating how much paint you have to have on your models. Yeah. Play the game. Good. But, yeah, a lot of fun. In fact, in fact, I've, I've got kind of like a little side thing going now. Because <laughs> uh, oh. I talked to Alex, I'm like... Uh, because he's got a bunch of armies that he doesn't play, and he's been trying to get rid of, and so on. He's oh, 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 and I'm like, I, he's you know, at me. <laughs> I know, I know a way you can uh, get those figures painted. It's like, well, you, you see the extent of my ability to paint thus far. I will tr- trade you by painting your army if you got some bits of your other armies you aren't playing that you want to get rid of. So barter system. Did did it, it work? Did he yeah. go for it? Oh, he's so so in for it. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to expand my my army because he has some Death Guard and he has a lot of Necrons. So it's going to be a cheaper way for me to expand the armor and still enjoy the painting that I enjoy. Oh, he found a cheap way. Yeah. You better watch yourself, Matt. That's fine. My favorite part is when the guy is going to show up with a big box of minis, and mm-hmm. he goes, now these I got out of a storage unit that was right next to mine. <laughs> and, and, oh. Motherfucker! <laughs> oh, oh you go play. I'm gonna do some more hammering for real. Yeah. <laughs> you, you better go back and explain that because I don't think we've talked about that in like a year. Well, that's 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 what we call an end joke. Yeah, it is. Once upon a time, Jeff and my storage unit got broken into. Yeah, and. That unit actually had my Warhammer Fantasy and Blood Bowl stuff in it, and that got stolen. Not to mention a bunch <laughs> of other one-of-a-kind collectibles yes. between the two of us. Uh, uh, yeah, well, you should have put them together and put them on. <laughs> it, it, you know what? That's just going to rub salt in the wound. I yeah. brought it up as a quick joke, but just why? Yeah, Unless they knew. I mean, how do you... They they took whatever they could fit through the hole that they made. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think I've asked you that, that which before. didn't fit didn't go. Yeah. Now the next big event is the uh, Warhammer. It used to be called the Gentleman's GT that uh, the War Room Games throws every year. Uh, they're making it a lot bigger this year, and it's going to be in June. I'm still not going to have an army big enough. Really? But they do have a couple smaller games in there. They have Kill Team, which is small squad Warhammer. Okay. And they have Underworld, which is a small squad, uh, a board game version of Warhammer Fantasy. So okay. Maybe I'll get into that a little bit so I can do a little competition before I can get my army up and running. But I'm excited to play my next game. I'm ready when you are, Matt. Painted armor or no? Yeah, I know. I've, I've just been busy. Come, can... come join me and make terrible decisions with me. Oh, I've, I've been okay. Listen. Oh, for that you need a strip club, <laughs> right? <laughs> Hello, Minx. Those those women are just a bunch of vultures trying to pick the carcass of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't go to. I don't see the go to see oh. the dancing more. I'm taking tips for how I can pitch caricatures. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, he's doing but. this blacklight caricature thing. It's so awesome and it works so well. Yeah, this. yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not, but now I'm intrigued. <laughs> yeah. You're on an idea there. Yeah. You need to do that. And he's like, there's actually mm. some. I've seen some pretty cool art that uh, um, changes in black white. They'll be like hidden oh, images yes. that appear when they. Well, the the, the fun thing is the uh, the UV uh, tattoos. Yeah, people have. That's like a tattoo I would do. Something that only shows up in black light. Only shows up. Yeah. 
what are you an assassin like you just yeah <laughs> let me in <laughs> like, adds to the mystery oh yeah i yeah. am two four six oh one of course yeah, i would yeah. get it on my butt well your your victims Sexy. your victims are never going to see you coming with that <laughs> Well, yeah, you don't they know, won't you see don't me know, coming you know if they're looking at my butt. No, listen, you know, you know, <laughs> that's how he kills them. He'll, they'll see him coming. Yeah. <laughs> but they love to watch him leave. <laughs> <laughs> anything else you do this week? <laughs> God, was there anything else? I don't think so. I, I watched a few things. I don't know what the fuck I did. Uh, I saw um, somebody did a cut of... Uh, a bunch of cinematics previews for video games that are coming out this year, and like I, I saw the the Skyrim, Elsewhere, and Beyond Good and Evil Two, and stuff like that. And Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. Yeah, that was. I, I walked down and when he was in the middle of this, and I'm like, "Ooh, Alex, what are you watching?" That was like yeah, a yeah. cool movie. Yeah, yeah. It was. It, and there That's was. It is co- now, man. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Oh, what Andy. Uh, Oh, we forgot to bring it. What? Watch Lego Movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Ah, and your yeah. thoughts? No, oh, I enjoyed it. Everything is awesome. I like the the. I love the ending. I absolutely adore yeah. the ending. Yeah. It, it. Yeah. I just. It was cool. I think Lego Two is already out of the theaters. So. Is it really? I. You know, no, it's, it's, there. The, it's, it's a, there. It's a. It's a dollar movie theater now. I believe. Lego dollar Two is a dollar. It, it didn't perform as well as the first. Wow. They're, they're a little disappointed in its numbers. Yeah. Yeah. How's Battle Angel going? I can blame the craggle. Um, I want to watch that. A friend of mine saw it at work, and he said, uh, "He said ignore the ignore the negative reviews." Good. So yeah, the, so the it's, one of those, it's one of those. It's one of those. Audience likes it, critics don't type thing. Uh, yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I will vote with my galaxy points. Isn't mean, it what uh, Alex Rodriguez or not Alex? Yeah, Rodriguez. yeah. Um, <laughs> Robert Rodriguez. Robert excuse Rodriguez, me. Yeah. Directing. Okay. I didn't even realize that. Wow. Yeah. I we didn't either. Well, I knew James Cameron was producing. Sure. Because a lot of the same team that did Avatar with him, with the effects, the effects team, were part of that. But uh, like Hollywood makes some shit movies, but. Critics can be bought. <laughs> yeah, I think I swear. I swear they're, they're like lobbyists now. The critics are lobbyists now. It's like somebody I needs to make a that. list of of movies that the audience loves and the critics hated. <laughs> that that would be a really really would, really long absolutely. list. Well, that's a, that's one of the things I'm like. Critics can be bought because then how do you end up with movies that critics hated and people? I mean, are obviously fun, entertaining movies because people love them. Sure. I think I think I've read things about how they manipulate press and stuff like that. Okay, maybe that's a better word you to know? say. Than <clears throat> so yeah. yeah, I mean, but. it's it's it depends on the movie too because uh, I worked a few press junkets in the past. Press junkets are ridiculous. So. If the movie is a big movie, they spend a lot of money. Like they bring the yeah. reviewers in, they show them the movie, they feed them a really nice dinner, they sit them down with the actors to yeah. do their their questions. That's exactly and, what I'm talking about. Yeah. And then sometimes it's a very stripped down press junket. Like they bring them in, they show them the movie, and then they send Get them the right fuck in. out. Well, no, they send them right in to do the <laughs> interviews, but then oh. they cut them to like a five minute time with each go, 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 each go. actor. So it's like you have five questions starting right now and then when it's done, you're out. How long do I have? So, okay, you've got four questions left. Ah! So it it depends Are you on, serious? 
<laughs> yeah. Three now. Three questions Three left. Three questions <laughs> left. <laughs> oh, really? Don't, don't get me questions. started on our... <laughs> Are you sure? Yes, one question. This is bullshit. You're done. Out. <laughs> I, I wasn't a question. I wasn't a question. You know How could you call that a question? You that's know what? It. You. <laughs> 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 Matt, you're making a joke about it, that that's what happened to us when we, re- we interviewed Zack Snyder. Yeah, pretty much. We, we were told we had 10 minutes originally. They cut it to five. And then uh, while we were in there, they, they let us ask like our first two questions. And they're like, okay, t- sorry, guys, we got to go. That's because the assistant Googled Ugly Couch Show <laughs> and was like, oh, fuck. To his yeah. credit, though, Zack Snyder tried to get us to stick around and finish as- asking our questions. He was great. He great was guy. fantastic. He was he literally was like, no, nah, no, nah, ignore them. Just answer, ask your questions. Ask your questions. Yeah. Like he was really being super... Uh, super polite and really making us feel. My last um, question to him was, does he have any plans on returning to the horror genre? And finally, his next movie is going to be a horror movie. I'm yep. very happy. Right. And you did Zack that. Snyder, no, I didn't. <laughs> Zack Snyder did that remake of Dawn of the Dead that's so did, good. Didn't he oh say something boy. like, of course, it's like my first love or something yeah. like that to your, in response I to your I would love questions? this new movie. Like, for Todd. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. Credits are is the, Dawn of the Dead the one that's in the mall? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, the good one. Yeah, the that guy. was the one that had Richard Cheese doing yes. some of the music. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was that. That was Snyder's breakout. Film. When yeah. you when you look that back on one, it, yeah. it's like that's vintage Snyder. Yeah, that's yeah. pure Snyder. But that was before Snyder was Snyder, so nobody right. Snydered it. <laughs> now you can see all the Snyderism. Yeah, Snyder. But yeah, sometimes Taylor. sometimes with those press junkets, just just depends on how comfortable the the people are that are doing the reviews because. If if you feel like you're being well treated, you, of course you're more inclined to give it a good review. It's like what people said about Knowles from Ain't It Cool News. Yeah. Is like once once the studios started bringing him in for reviewing yep. and screenings and stuff, a lot of people accused him of lightening up on his reviews, and he was no longer the acidic, vitriolic beast that right. they wanted him to be. Well, I mean, it's it's just human nature. When you're being treated nice, it's hard not to let that influence you to an extent to go, oh, well, that was really nice of them to buy me this wonderful dinner yep. and have a cocktail party and let shrimp. me have... I love shrimp! Yeah. You know, let me have plenty of time and not just do the whole, you know, you know, uh, assembly line process. There's like... Sit down, ask a question, move on to the next, move on to the next, and then you're out, and then you got nothing but like a little, little teaser packet of what the movie's about. And I, so, yeah. I so yeah, Lego Movie. One of the yes. things I liked about it is how it used the conceit of Lego, you know, building stuff on the fly, right. the whole idea of stepping out of the instructions and doing your own thing, and then at the end when they did their little reveal, it was sort of like, oh, that's that's even you know that even takes it to another level of cooler. So it, I it it was funny because I was expecting just a, <clears throat> well I know it wasn't stop motion animation, but I was expecting a stop motion animation Lego movie, and actually they played with the whole concept of Lego, which was really neat, really really neat. So I did enjoy that. <laughs> it is chock full of clever. Yeah. Did we watch yeah. the Black Panther thing this week or last week? It's just uh, called the Black Panther. You don't. Have Black no, no. Panther there's thing. a Lego Black no. Panther. This bizarre. Lego. Yeah, that oh, was okay. this week. Lego Black Panther. They, uh, they, they've got a bajillion shorts. Yeah. And uh, we stumbled across the, uh, the the Black Panther one, 
we were looking for Lego on Netflix, and we're like, ah, we're going to have to watch the Blu-ray. Golly gee. But then we saw the Black <laughs> Panther one, so we scrolled over, and it was kind of cute. It was. It's its own. It's a weird. It's like the Lego, the the Marvel Lego cinematic universe. Yes. Because it. Yeah, there is. And it's weird. I mean, like, they mean Thanos is in it, but like almost as a joke villain. It's Lego Marvel. That's right. Kinda, that's kind of how Lego Marvel rolls. That's how yeah. the video games roll. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they do that with Lego DC too. So. Yeah. But yeah, like some of the villains just really are. You're like, seriously, that's how you're going to portray this villain? No. But it's fun. It's supposed to be meant for kids anyway. So. Yeah, I mean characters that are dead in the black. I mean, it takes place after Black Panther, but characters that die in Black Panther are in it. Got to run with what you got, man. Yeah, absolutely. The Geek uh, Geek Shock Book Club is reading My Best Friend's Exorcism by Grady Hendrix. Uh, I want to put it out there that. I absolutely loved this novel, and it's going to be one of my top picks for the year, no doubt in my mind. Sweet. Such a good, fun book. So, My Best Friend's Exorcism, and we will be soon nominating the book for March, so be watching for that. Are you still switching back between graphic novels and traditional Uh, ones? Every four months. Every four months. Every four months we do a graphic novel. Okay. And I guess we should go ahead, because there's some news to get into, including news you don't give a shit about! Yeah! It's getting old, Andy. No, no, not it's for not. me. <laughs> no, it's not. This I, isn't about you, Jeff. This yeah. is about my pleasure and mine. Oh well, <laughs> thank God, thank God, you get one of those moments in the show. <laughs> yeah, here, let me count the number. Where's Where's one of those little door clicker things? You're gonna miss me a mark. Dork, baby. dork clicker things. You're gonna well, click the dork. Dork. Well, I said door, but if you want to yeah. say dork clicker, yeah, sure. Make you, you the you've dork. known him longer than I have. That makes you the dork knight. The Dork Knight returns. How he's coming in now. he would. News you don't give a shit about. So glad I missed all that. That's <laughs> <laughs> what you get for getting water. In case you needed another study, and in Pennsylvania they apparently do, right. video games are no more likely than other activities to make you downright violent, according to the findings of a new study from Oxford University's Internet Institute. Published at Oxford's Royal Society Open Science, the study examined behaviors and anecdotal reporting data on 1,004 subjects and an equal number of their caretakers to learn whether the frequency and type of their gameplay corresponded with any detectable pattern to increases in acts of violence or aggression in the population of studied teens who played video games. Beginning with the hypothesis that there is, in fact, a link between gaming and violence... The study set out to collect both statistical data and anecdotal evidence on a case-by-case basis with the goal of determining whether the hypothesis could be supported by facts. What researchers Andrew K. Problitsky and Netta Weinstein found in this case is that it simply couldn't. Quote, following the pre-registered analysis plan, multiple regression analysis tested the hypothesis that recent violent gameplay is linearly and positively related to Caretaker assessments of aggressive behavior, behavior, the study's introduction states. Results did not support this prediction, nor did they support the idea that the relationship between these factors follows a nonlinear parabolic function. In other words, a notable link between gaming and violence. There was no evidence for a critical tipping point relating video game encouragement engagement to aggressive behavior, unquote. It is not as though... Playing games doesn't invest a player's emotions, as the study pointed out. 
In the heat of competition, it's possible and sometimes likely that a player will verbally mimic the aggressiveness of the avatar he or she is controlling. Quote, we argue that this study peaks to the key question of whether adolescents' violent video games play has a measurable effect on real-world aggressive behavior. On the basis of our evidence, the answer is no, the report states. This is not to say that some mechanics and situations in gaming do not foment angry feelings or reactions in players, such as feelings of incompetence, trash-talking, and competition, unquote. But as Probitsky said in announcing its findings, despite interest in the topic by parents and policymakers, the research has not demonstrated that there is cause for concern, unquote. The new report comes on the heels of recent efforts by some U.S. lawmakers to set policy based on the presumption of a link between gaming and violence, including a current bill before the Pennsylvania legislature that seeks to add a 10% tax to games rated M and adult only by the ESRB. A similar bill in Rhode Island was proposed last year. So far, neither measure has made it far enough to see a final vote. So there's one more study to chalk up to all the other ones that know games and violence so all already. that and i have one question that's related to almost nothing you said great um you said it's the oxford study yes and at the beginning it says about pennsylvania yes because pennsylvania is where they are trying to pass that tax on gotcha on i games. thought they'd moved oxford in oxford england to pennsylvania oh it's somewhere. in oxford pennsylvania it's a yeah. small town uh, yeah it's that, a community college yeah. it, uh, the, th- the thousand people are all the people that live there it's next to intercourse, right? We'll just file that in the uh, category of results that surprise no one with a modicum of intelligence. Mm. Oh, snap! Yeah, that was pretty... Uh, Zing! <laughs> gonna need some cream for that one. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started, dude. I was arguing with a, with, oh, with no. a, a friendly fool about... A friendly uh, fool. Yeah, about politics, and they forced me to do in-depth research on the whole... Uranium One scandal. Oh, Jesus. And the sheer idiocy that is behind that conspiracy. It's really funny. These guys make these arguments, and then I fact check them, and they say, check your facts, research. And I do, (laughs) and I lose even more respect for them. (laughs) Drives me crazy. You didn't read Clinton Cash, man. Oh, my God. I got it. Lays it all out in Clinton Cash. Yeah. <laughs> Go we, for it. Weekend Geek. Fake news. That's on TV. No, I should do that harder. Fake Weekend Geek. Fake news. Yay. You are fake news. Week in Geek. It's going to be a Weekend Geek. The Loki spin off series for Disney Plus with Tom Hiddleston has found a showrunner, writer, executive producer in Rick and Morty's Michael Waldron. Oh, oh. Waldron will write the pilot episode. The Loki series is just one of the Marvel projects in development for uh, Disney+. Yeah, Plus. Thor. Yeah, Thor. Uh, yeah, Thor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Loki. Where are we going to tell Odin? Okay, Loki. Loki. I came up with a hammer, and now the hammer's gone. I don't know where my hammer's uh, okay. It's okay, Thor. All right. Why are you adjusting my level, Todd? <laughs> I don't know Peaky Pinkerton. Why should I? <laughs> the show is a miniseries revolving around Vision and Scarlet Witch. Bucky Barnes and Sam Wilson are also in the works. During this time on adults, during his time on Adult Swim's Rick and Morty, Waldron worked on such iconic episodes as Rixy Business and Rixy Minutes. The latter introducing the reoccurring and popular concept of interdimensional cable. 
Ah, yes. The Star Trek franchise is releasing a new animated series targeted toward younger audiences for Nickelodeon. Not much is known by way of the plot, but the show will be written by Kevin and Dan Hageman, a duo known for their work on Ninjago, Masters of Spinjitzu, Troll Hunters, Hotel Transylvania, and The Lego Movie. Nickelodeon is owned by Viacom, which also owns Paramount Pictures, the film studio that distributes the live-action Star Trek movies. Since the debut of Star Trek Discovery last year, a number of spin-offs and originals have been announced, most of them debuting on CBS All Access. Alex Kurtzman, the creator, producer, and showrunner of Discovery, is overseeing the expansion of a five-year deal he signed with CBS Television Studios. Those Trek shows already in development are... I like that. Five-year deal. Right. The animated comedy Lower Decks from Rick and Morty's Mike McMahon. Picard, which finds Patrick Stewart reprising his Star Trek The Next Generation role. And an unnamed series centering around Philippa Georgiou and her exploits on the mysterious Section 31. I just remembered something else I did this week. What'd you do? Oh. I watched the first three episodes of Discovery Season 2. Don't nice. say anything. Haven't seen it. I liked the first one. That's the only one I've seen so far. But the part where the guy did the thing... Oh, okay. Uh, I, I, it's, it's fun. I'm really enjoying I love the guy who's playing Pike. Yeah? He's really, really cool, and it's a, it's a cool portrayal of the character. And uh, I am looking forward to Section 31. Yeah. Oh, boy. That's going to be fun. It's really funny because I get a, you know, get a lot of the pissing and moaning. I'm not my Star Trek. And I realize I think one of the reasons why I don't give a shit about that anymore is because I already went through all that. Right. I'm an original series fan. Right. right. You were so, that. Yeah, so, you know, uh, uh, I love DS9, which is a huge departure from the original series. And hey, then, man, it's got, it's got Section 31 in it. You know, Agent uh, yeah. Stone, one of my favorite characters. There you go. Um, uh, you know, and Voyager, I had a hard time getting into Voyager. But, until the Silver Suit, Seven of Nine came on the scene? Uh, well, actually, actually, it was the Borg in general. Oh, okay. So I like the Borg episodes hey, of Voyager. Silver Suit, oh, my oh, God. God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, I so, like the direction this show's going. Yeah. <laughs> Chakotay looked great in that suit. Yeah, no, really, no, no, no. Was, Jerry Ryan. Was, Jerry was, Ryan. That was on. hot. That was hot. But um, so I'm past all that. It's just like it's got the name Star Trek, but you look at it and you see uh, a space opera. So is that an open-ended series or is that a limited series? Discovery? Uh, no, uh, section, section 31. thirty-one. They haven't really announced much about okay. it. I don't think. Yeah, it's there's known yet. very few details. It's like when you said the the Loki thing, right? When they talked about Scarlet Witch and Loki, they said the Scarlet Witch Loki TV series. Now it's coming out that they're actually going to be pretty much mini series. Yeah, and limited arc things. So Except I was just six episode things. Yeah. So it it's just like I'm I'm curious. I'm curious. And Picard, I mean, Stewart has actually said Picard is essentially going to be like a 10-hour movie. So hmm. I'm, I am interested in what Section 31 will be, if it'll be ongoing or not, because already what they've done, it's cool. So that's what I did. I'm a fan of expanding these universes. Even past Not my Star Trek. No. Even past those assholes. <laughs> that one. Hashtag. That one right there. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Won't, won't watch access. Wait till they do like Lego Warhammer or something. Yeah. Dude, those like Let's write those, those rules up now. Those Warmer Funko Pops. I'm still waiting. Oh yeah, still that's waiting. gonna be great. Yeah. Goddamn Games Workshop. I'm gonna get you one of those, Todd. 
Why? Because it's Warhammer. Okay. First, <laughs> first taste is free. That's right. You realize I'm just going to repaint it. That's fine. Okay, all right. You can do that. I'm, it's going to be nurgly. Actually, that's what they should do for the Warhammer Funko. They really should. They should all come unpainted. Yep. Just all yeah. custom <laughs> yeah. At the very all least, blanks. They, at the very least, they should at least give you some blank ones to play with. They should. They'd be a special edition or something. Of all the ones, yes. Yeah. Netflix has won a bidding war for Joe Hill's short story, Fawn. The story won't be released until the fall, but the story revolves around a doorway to a magical world a la Narnia. Instead of a bunch of innocent kids going on pure-hearted adventures, however, this doorway becomes a place where big game hunters, bored with the usual animals they've already caught, are looking for something new. So center hunting? Sure. Wow. Uh, Jeremy Slater from the Umbrella Academy will write the movie version script, while Michael Sugar from Maniac and Ashley Zalta from the AOA will produce. Hill is known as as getting his own authorial momentum with the entertainment industry. AMC is releasing a TV series based on Nosferatu, while Shudder is adapting his story by the silver water of Lake Champlain for its creep show adaptation. All the all the hill. All the Joe Hill things ever. I want. And I look forward to reading this damn story because I love this idea of big game hunters in Narnia. Yeah. That does sound cool. I can hardly wait till they have the Joe Hill All Access channel. I'm I'm subscribing. It well, it'll probably say right in the right in the opening for Todd. Todd. Everyone's doing it. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's the new rage. It's the rage. <laughs> That'll be the thing in Hollywood. All right, I'm going to pitch you this. Wait, 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 wait. Will it make Todd happy? Oh, yeah. All right. We're in. Green, Green light. light. Does that mean they're going to have to start adding that into Screen Rant now? <laughs> <laughs> pitch meeting? It's like, but will it please Todd? Maybe. No. All hey, right, then. Well, <laughs> no. Can we make it pleasing for Todd? Super easy. Barely an inconvenience. There you go. <laughs> nice. <laughs> The Star Trek franchise is releasing a... I did that one. I did that one already. Sure. Where am I? It was oh, you so did. nice you did it twice. Wow. wow. You know I, what? I thought there we... can never be too much Star Trek. So yeah, you know. fine point. That's true. Let me read it again. <laughs> <laughs> Carmelo Chimera. Is it in Star Trek? Owner of two comic storefronts in LaGrange and Oaklawn, Illinois. That's a real name, people. Carmelo Chimera. You win. It's cool. You win. If with you're going to own yeah, a comic book store, Lagrange. this is like a want. friend of mine said. If you're a you're a new superhero trying to make your mark in the world, you you just look through the. This is back when there was a yellow pages and phone books were more common. You just look through and you find like Doctor Nefarious. It's like, oh, he's got to be a supervillain, right? Yeah, I know. Now it's got that bullshit on Google with the reverse white pages lookup that you got to join Ugh. and and register and shit. It's like you can't find supervillains anywhere, right? Ugh. No matter how hard you look. Uh, Carmelo Camara is like a modern-day Willy Wonka planning to pass on the Oak Lawn location to a worthy new owner. As a full-time attorney, a part-time graphic novel writer, and a newly married individual, he does not have time to run it anymore. Quote, My comic book store deserves better, Camara says. My customers deserve better. And when I got the idea to give it away rather than sell it, I realized I had a chance to do something truly inspirational. I can give one person a once-in-a-lifetime head start at their dream job, and to everyone else, I could spread a little more hope and optimism, unquote. 
Whose dream job is to own a comic book store? A lot of people. Yeah. What? what? Yes. Well, I a would lot. love to own one. Okay, everybody. Click on the links. Research this. And let's submit Captain Luddite. <laughs> wow. I uh, actually, several years ago, looked at um, a, a friend of mine and I were going to try to open a comic book store slash coffee <laughs> shop. But just the amount of coffee and comics we would have to sell to sustain it, we would both have to work like, you know, 50, 60 hour weeks. Which anybody that owns a comic shop does. Yes. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, I mean, it just, it wouldn't be enough to really make a decent living. You would have to do it for the love of. And it's, I, I give all credit to those guys that have started their own comic book shops and have made a good living at it because it is not easy, especially in this day and age where a lot more things are moving to digital. It's funny. It's it's a good niche uh, market for like Chinese or D- Jamaican families where everybody you know in the family works there for free, and you know, sure. I mean, it's but no, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopeful owners must submit twenty five dollars and answer the question: What makes a good comic book store? Quote, I'm looking for passion, creativity, and work ethic, adds Chimera. To do this job excellently is going to require energy and excitement because that's what customers are really looking for, and it will be work, hard work. The deadline's coming up real quick on that, too, right? Oh, yes. There's no doubt about that. It's a dream job, but it's still a job. No doubt. I want to be clear because I think it's still a fantastic opportunity, but I also want applicants to know what they're signing up for. I give it three months after the new owner. If you think you've got what it takes to run your own comic book shop, you can submit your application. The contest will be available for nine more days after this podcast is posted. What's the actual date? I don't know. Nine days after tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do that kind of math on my head. That'll be February 28th. you're asking me to? February 28th. Wow, very impressive. See, that's... It's today's date. Plus nine. Well, actually, tomorrow's date. Uh-oh. Plus nine. Uh-oh. <laughs> so fizzle, March, fizzle. March first, then. Socialist education. Oh. All that fancy Canadian education is right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you big dummy. Yeah. <laughs> you just take Listen. the wrong date and add nine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I forgot where you said nine is after this podcast airs, which is tomorrow. Dude, now you're understanding why Andy was dying over this. <laughs> That's why you got to read the story problem in full before you make your <laughs> I just like you know interrupting you. So <laughs> also honestly, it's a reporter thing. You, you never say number. You you actually give the actual date in a story. So sure, that's why it's in my head that way. I, I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a picture of Todd not giving a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Quote. We're all Joe Janet, Jonas Jameson on you there. Uh, <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson. There we go. <laughs> you, <laughs> you win all Andy on his ass. What did you say, Andy? Quote, I absolutely love the Willy Wonka comparison. He says, the whole point of Wonka was that he was looking for someone pure of heart, not necessarily with the fattest wallet to take over his business. That's what this competition allows me to do. And like Wonka, I want to spread the idea that the world is a more fantastic place than you realize. When you're open to opportunities, when you're open to imagination, the world is a place of endless possibilities, unquote. No, it's not. And he's also going to get $25 of submission. So it's going to work out that way, that way kind of nice. Wait. 
but Wonk, I, I, did, well, did well, Wonka, uh, Wonka never announced the whole intention behind the golden ticket, did he? You're right. He just put them in random uh, candy bars. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So yeah. in order to be the Wonka, yeah. he has to... He has to ask for 25 bucks for no reason. 25 bucks <laughs> applications within random comics worldwide. <laughs> and if you get one of those, you can send in your $25 and write Wouldn't an essay. would be funny if that actually was his approach? I want a contest. Tell me what makes comic, but what makes a great comic book store? And then he grabs the most passionate one. He's like, I got a proposition for you. And then he gets arrested because it's a 12-year-old boy. (laughs) (laughs) Worst Tinder date ever. (laughs) What? I didn't make that joke, folks. (laughs) Universal Pictures has a new release date for The Turning, a horror film based on the classic novel The Turn of the Screw by Henry James. (laughs) The movie will open January 24th, 2020. The story, which has been adapted many times for film, TV, and the stage, including the 1961 horror classic The Innocents, revolves around an emotionally unstable nanny who is hired to look after the orphan brother and sister named Miles and Flora on a vast estate. She soon learns that the children and the house may be haunted by the spirits of the previous nanny and the property's depraved caretaker. Mackenzie Davis from Blade Runner 2049, Finn Wolfhard from uh, uh, Stranger Things. Uh, it all came back around. Yeah, Jolie Richardson and Brooklyn Prince all star in the film, which is directed by Floria Sigismondi. So in this case, it's the 1880s. I was going to say, but is it set in the 80s? That's the important thing to know here. Who has helmed episodes of Daredevil, American Gods, and The Handmaid's Tale. The screenplay is by The Conjuring writers Chad and Carrie Hayes. The success of Grady Hendrix's 2017 history of the paperback horror boom of the 1970s and 80s, another great Grady Hendrix book, Paperbacks from Hell. Find it. It's great if you're a fan of horror novels. Uh, Paperbacks from Hell has encouraged a publisher named Valancourt Books to start reprinting some of the titles that Hendrix discussed in the book under the imprint Paperbacks from Hell. First out in April will be The Nest, a 1980 (laughs) novel from Gregory A. Douglas about a horde of pesticide-mutated cockroaches that lay waste to Cape Cod. Holy crap. I... I may still own that. Yeah, it's still out there. It's a book. I bought it when it came out. That's fantastic. Yeah. And it's getting a reissue, people. Wow. It's it's it was creepy. Uh, other forthcoming titles they'll arrive once a month includes Elizabeth Engstrom's The Darkness Loves Us from 1985, Barry Woods' The Tribe from 1981, Thomas Page's The Spirit from 77, and Bernard Taylor's The Reaping from 1980. If these first offerings prove successful, Hendrick's book is full of horror paperbacks that could be dusted off and introduced to a whole new legion of fans. Nice. You talked about that book. The oh, it's glorious. Yeah, it is. A lot of it has there's a lot of its covers. And so you had it. I was looking through it one day. Yes, it, yeah, yeah. It's it's half of the book is pictures of the most amazing horror yeah. covers ever created. I need to acquire that one. That was a good book. It's terrific. Yeah, Grady Hendrix, same guy that wrote My Best Friend's Exorcism and Horror Store. <laughs> I got to read everything this guy writes at this point. Peter Dinklage. Is Peter t- Dinklage, Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the 
Wiener, wiener, wiener. I think that's what. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, Carlos. Carlos Danger is free. <laughs> no. Yes, he is. He got out today. Wiener, 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 wiener. <laughs> Go on. You want to? Peter Dinklage is teaming up with the director of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes to adapt Philip Kennedy Johnson and Matthew Dow Smith's post-apocalyptic graphic novel, Last Sons of America into a feature film. Set in a future where Americans can no longer conceive and children have become a global commodity, Last Sons of America follows two adoption agent brothers as they, l- they land deals with families willing to give up their children in hopes of a better life in America. When the brothers find themselves with their backs against the wall, one brother makes a grave error that sends the two brothers down a dangerous path involving a dark mystery. Uh, Josh Mond is adapting and will direct. So it's just America where they can't have conceived? Worldwide. 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 It's worldwide. That's, wow. My brother wrote a short story like that. Yeah? uh, Yeah. It was called The Sperm Merchant. It was hilarious. Oh. And here, the children uh, here I thought you were going to say it was like children of men and it yes. will No, no, fail. He, he wrote this he wrote this 30 <laughs> years ago probably. The uh, sperm merchant. The sperm merchant. It's it's it follows like there's uh I can see Disney buying that up. Earth first poisons the water supply and, and which makes everybody impotent or not impotent makes everybody sterile. Okay. And uh there's like a couple pockets where they're uh, like there's a whole, a whole bunch of soldiers in Antarctica where this the the uh, the t- the unnamed title character, the unnamed narrator, is uh, getting uh, sperm sent to him in, in uh, packages and picking it up at the mail center and distributing it to rich people. I it's, like it. Yeah, yeah. What Paul Peter Dinklage wasn't wasn't his uh, logline uh, spit or swallow? God damn no, it! That's good though. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Okay. <laughs> I like Matt shaking his head. I gotta, I, I gotta find that. So I have it sitting around in my files somewhere. I gotta find that and dig it out. Oh, because it's, 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 it was funny. Probably physical files of it. Then it was like the first time I knew my brother was a was a was a really good writer when he wants to. I saw him do a performance of it, and it was just like, holy crap! Where did that come from? Where did that come from? Yes, it's better swallow. <laughs> yeah, that, it was that 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 good a performance. Well, it obviously came from the sperm merchant. <laughs> trying to remember. I mean, it's like, oh, well, the 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 the, the, the when. The first thing we think first happened, he goes, this resulted in, as the New York Times said, a shitstorm of fucking. Oh, the New York Times. Yes. Seattle is getting an Evil Dead themed escape room. We beat him <laughs> to that. Did, sorry? We have a whole Evil Dead. Not Evil Dead. You're right. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> an almost Evil Dead escape room, huh? Yeah. Mm. Walking it, Dead, Andy. Thank you. <laughs> it's not an escape room, though. That's not an escape room. It's, it's a there's, ride. There's, there's an escape, escape room, room element in it. It's kind of lame. Or it was lame for us because we couldn't hear a damn thing. <laughs> was it turned down too low or just distorted? I, yeah. I, I don't, first of all, I didn't realize we we're in an escape room. That part of it. Oh, and, and there is I, it was kind of low. I think. I, I think, but we missed the whole. You got to do this. I'm like, wait, where are we, we were, standing here? We were part of the shakedown of the. Oh the, yeah, the, area. the button area. The, the, the before it opened thing. to the public. Okay. So oh, you were the test crew. Yeah. Well, we got we got our cut so they'd be protected. We we gave them a shakedown. Yeah, that's the okay. Everybody walks into the crowded light. <laughs> It'll be based on Evil Dead Two: Dead by Dawn, per the official website of Hourglass Escapes. 
Quote, every part of the design phase, we stop and ask if this fits into the Evil Dead 2 universe, said Hourglass co-founder and creative writer, uh, director Seth Wolfson in a release. We want this to be a great Evil Dead 2 experience and a well-respected escape room in its own merit. Unquote. Participants will enter the iconic cabin in the woods and be given 60 minutes to locate a Kandarian dagger, the only artifact capable of destroying the Book of the Dead before their souls are gobbled up by ghouls from hell. Quote, Deadites, chainsaws, a very strange deer head, a chained-up cellar door, and plenty of horrifying surprises, including a cameo by Twin Peaks star Andrea Hayes, are all part of the package as well. Co-written and directed by Sam Raimi, Dead by Dawn was released in 1987 and focused on the sole survivor of the previous film, Ash Williams, Bruce Campbell, as he continued to fight against the Deadites. Okay, so it really is a sequel. I was, I was partially remembering that as being just a remake of it's it. It's a remake. It is a remake. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They, so, it, it's, it's, in fact, it's more of a remake than El Marachi is from Desperado. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep, that's Andy. So folks. it's basically it's basically the same movie, but with with a budget. The, the escape room opens for business <laughs> in July for anyone thirteen and up. <laughs> Alistair Legrand, another supervillain name if I heard of one <laughs> from Clinical, is set to direct the supernatural horror thriller Mile Eighty One, based on Stephen King's 2011 novella of the same name. In Mile 81, a 12-year-old boy, his brother, and a group of strangers are trapped at an abandoned, boarded-up rest stop as a mysterious and malevolent force haunts them. Casting discussions are underway, and production will begin this fall. I have not read Mile 81. Wow. It's a, it's a King story. Is I'm it a short story? It's a novella. Novella, okay. So it's bigger than his shorts, but smaller than his novels. Sometimes he it's puts, mist-sized. Sometimes he puts those... Yeah, sometimes he puts those novellas in the middle of short story collections. Right. right. So, But... Uh, but Matt from Two Broke Geeks, mm-hmm. uh, he, he weighed in on this, I saw on Twitter, and apparently that's not only one of his least favorite Stephen King stories, Wow, it's one of his least favorite stories he's ever read. Wow. Really? Yeah. That's some There's pa- something there he didn't like? There's some passion Wow. Some passion and is not liking? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Did I say what? You sure you didn't confuse him with Jake. You confuse him with Jake. I, I do done, that all the time. I might have done that. It's, it's, is it the hair? Uh, <laughs> Maybe it's the hate. <laughs> oh, God. Here we go. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh God. Okay. I thought he was going to throw it. <laughs> Let the hate flow through you. Sci-fi. And collect in the pit of your gut and then stay there festering. That's, or as I call it, Jake. Olive Garden. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Olive Garden means a little bit more to me than that. <laughs> <laughs> No, Wouldn't no. it, isn't it sad back? that that was almost your last meal? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That's the worst. Wow! You know, if he suddenly, <laughs> suddenly Jeff puts it all in perspective. <laughs> Badge attack for the win! <laughs> wow! If uh, Matt Live ever to does, the fullest, he, Matt. <laughs> if, if he Live ever life d- to the fullest, <laughs> yes. Enjoy every sandwich. Um, no more mediocre food. If he ever, you know, Matt ever gets uh, convicted of, you know, some capital crime and has to be executed, you know, we have to prank him, you know. His last meal only orders is, you know, whatever steak and lobster. This is a tangent. We have to show up with, like, a big bowl of 
breadsticks. Andy, this now, isn't even a pillow-worthy joke. Fo- just, folks, just keep in mind, snip that out, Andy. Todd. Andy was stopped <laughs> by Jeff three or four times. Yeah, trying to get that joke out. That's true. It's hard. <laughs> it is. It's like the spirit of Paul has moved over to this side of the couch. <laughs> No, the spirit of Paul's right where, <laughs> <laughs> right where it is. <laughs> yeah. Did you see somebody posted like the whole first uh, first Lord Miller appearance? It, yeah, the the original. Yeah, Ugh. I assumed. Thank, thanks for revisiting that. I assumed yeah. that it was like a super matchup of like a whole bunch of. But no, it was just the first. First episode. The first was on. eleven minutes. First eleven minutes. You took eleven minutes of the show for Ludmilla before she had a name. <sighs> Back when she was just Andy's sister. Yes. <laughs> ah, the innocent days. Uh. Sci-fi has placed an order for a Chucky TV show from the character's original creator, Dan Mancini. He will also serve as writer and executive producer. Quote, I've long wanted to bring Chucky to f- television, and sci-fi is the perfect network for us, said Mancini in an official Can I statement. Can you there? Yeah, get great. <laughs> <laughs> I never liked Chucky, okay? The original movie Chucky and all that. Okay. It's like this guy, he, what does he, the, the, the criminal, he robs something or what does he do? He robs and then he runs into the factory? He, es- he escapes. Or escapes prison or something? He escapes from the police and gets the Okay, factory. so. Yes. Then he does dark magic because he yes. knows it for some reason? Yes, voodoo, crazy dark magic shit. Makes no sense. Anyways, go on. It's a horror movie. <laughs> it, it, they don't make, have you seen Evil Dead 2? It doesn't make. Much yeah, but just this Evil criminal dead? knows this criminal yeah. knows voodoo all of a sudden, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna," blah, 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 and then the lightning bolt, and then fucking into the doll he goes. Like, makes no sense. I okay. suggest to you a fine little movie called Trick or Treat. Yeah, right. If you want to see horror movies at its balls of the wall craziness, okay. Hmm. It is about a kid that summons a dead rock star by playing his record backwards. Oh uh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it has cameos by Ozzy Osbourne and. Uh, Alice Cooper? No, uh, no, not Alice Cooper. The, uh, uh, what's the guy from Kiss? Tongue guy. Gene, Gene Simmons. Simmons. That's the one. He's in there. Paul Stanley. No. Yeah, that's the one that's coming to my head. I was like, no, that's not Paul Stanley. Oh, yeah, I remember that. The log line was, do not resuscitate. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it was tattooed on his chest. Yeah. yeah. So Monkey Gene Simmons blood. tries to kill him with Kiss branded knives, Kiss branded Gene axes. Gene Simmons actually played kiss, a kind oh. of a good guy character. Okay. What? But everything he had was uh, branded, right? Like kiss <laughs> this, right. kiss that. You know how he's got to brand everything. I, I think okay. the radio station was KISS. If I remember of right. course it was. Yeah, yeah. The, the when he broke out the robot Paul Stanley to help him, you know, and it's just like who loves resuscitation? Hey now. Do not don't resuscitate. <laughs> I know you want to, but don't. <laughs> Who out there wants to be fed by a tube? <laughs> <laughs> Who wants paddles? <laughs> One, two, three, don't clear. <laughs> so, Chucky, the show that... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt, like, what are you uh, talking about? That's where it started. Okay. <laughs> the show will be a fresh take on the franchise, allowing us to explore Chucky's character with a depth that is uniquely afforded by the television series format, while staying true to the original vision that has terrorized audiences for over three decades yeah, that, now. He has such depth, that character is such depth. 
Chucky, or more accurately, Charles Lee Ray, offered his own statement. In these troubled times, I believe it's my obligation as a horror icon to reach the widest possible audience on TV. And over 30 years, I've been scaring the shit out of you. But now at sci-fi, I look forward to really making a difference. I had no idea that Chucky sounded like Christian Slater doing Jack Nicholson exactly doing what he Humphrey sounds like. Bogart. Yeah, nailed it. Red light. Joining Mancini. <laughs> Thank you, Mancini. Jeff. I agree with you. Red light. <laughs> As EPs are David Kirshner from Hocus Pocus and Nick and Tosca from The Act. Uh, the last movie that they did... What was it? Chucky, the cousins are over for the weekend? Is Cult of what? Chucky. Oh, Cult of Chucky. Okay. Which, uh, which in the, the whole conceit of that movie is that Chucky is able to split his spirit into multiple dolls. So there's all sorts of Chuckies going out all over the place. And I'm wondering if that isn't the launch point for this TV show. It's it makes one a of them. lot of sense. It's following one of them? Uh, I don't know if it's following one of them could fall multiple because it is the same Chucky. They're not different characters. Yeah. Just he's in multiple bodies now and can work in tandem. So in a way, yeah, following one of them. Yeah. Sure. And all of them. It's a head pinket scratcher. It's a head pinket? Head scratcher. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) God. Oh, my God, dude. (laughs) Wait, don't, did did you start saying head picker? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what I started saying. <laughs> yeah, that's a head picker. Ow, ow. <laughs> I like that. So we, we got we to make that. So we got the reboot movie going out there, and now the TV show that's based, I guess, in the original continuity. Uh, I'm all for it. I still love the Chucky stuff. That last movie was just okay, but the one before it I really, really loved. It was a Bride of the Chucky a 15 Revenge, or something. Revenge or? of Chucky, I yeah. think, was her. I don't even know anymore. No, Nature, it was Chucky on a road trip. I don't know. Fucking. Nature Trail to Hell in 3D. Chucky went weird <laughs> after the third one. That's when it went kind of self-meta comedy. Okay. And then it went off the goddamn rails when he had a kid. Don't watch that one. It's not very good. But the last two went back to the horror roots, and I still love it. I, I, you're, you're not wrong. It's mad. It's bonkers. Mm-hmm. Always has been. But I'm happy to live with it. Horror in general is bonkers. Halo. Yes. Is the theme Microsoft's new movable theme park concept. What? Five U.S. cities will become destinations for the traveling Halo Outpost Discovery theme park at local convention centers this summer. Hmm. The portable park experience will arrive in each city to set up a curated array of VR experiences, video games, escape rooms, laser tag, a museum, life-size vehicles, a Halo ring, hopefully not life-size, and more (laughs) via the report before tearing it all down and rebuilding in the next town. Halo, Halo developer 343 Industries is partnering with events company Hersend Live to bring Halo Outpost Discovery to Orlando, Philadelphia, Chicago, Houston, and Anaheim. The first stop in Orlando opens on its doors on July 5th. Halo Playground reportedly will take up about 300,000 square feet of convention space, featuring everything from cosplay meetups to team-based combat deck laser tag to Covenant Escape simulation that has guests working together to race their way out of an enemy ship. 
You can check out the attraction and activities at the Halo Operation Discovery landing webpage. I approve this message. Is it going to come anywhere near us? No. Anaheim. L.A. is the closest I think it's going to get. Anaheim. Yeah. That's, Anaheim. That's close. Anaheim is the closest. I've yeah. driven to L.A. for a concert. I might sure. drive to L.A. for that. Yeah. Wait till, uh, hopefully it's like towards the end of the summer because then you could go see Halo. <clears throat> Excuse me. Go see Halo and then go see Star Wars Galaxies. Oh, yeah. Galaxy's Edge. Oh, yes. Yeah, why not? Uh, as much as I'm not a fan of Halo in general, I really hope this takes off. I want yeah. it to be super successful because I'd like to see other themed moving theme parks go across. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? We should do a po- like a podcast trip there. What do you guys think? To when Halo, it, when Halo to, or? When it comes to Anaheim. Yeah. I'm down for I'm that. I'm up for it, yeah. Now you like we, that, yeah. We've talked I about do. doing a, a traveling road show thingy from one of these things I before. I like that idea. Why not? Yeah. Legendary Entertainment and Hammer Films are teaming up to reboot the fictional sci-fi scientist known as Bernard Quatermass on the big screen. Uh, comparable to Doctor Who in many ways, Quatermass was created by Nick Neal and starred in his own BBC serials in the 1950s and 60s. Over the years, the character fought all kinds of extraterrestrial threats and was played by a number of actors like Reginald Tate, John Robinson, and Andrew Keir. Hammer's involvement with the reboot is good, as the production company has been with the property since 1955's The Quatermass Experiment. David Farr from The Night Manager and Hannah is on board to write the new movie script, although no director has yet been chosen. Simon Oakes from The Woman in Black and Let Me In is attached as producer. Uh, has anyone here heard of Quatermass? I've heard of Quatermass, and now okay. I'm, I'm actually looking it up because I I'm, I think I had him confused with Quatermass. I knew there was a Quatermass series. Um, I know nothing of it. Professor Biggs just jizzed himself. Oh, yeah, okay. he, sure. he loves. Uh, I know it by reputation. I've never seen it, but right. uh, I, I know it's in the history of British horror. It has its own chapter. What's the character from uh, King Solomon's Binds? Alan Quartermain. Quartermain. Okay, that's where I'm getting confused. Okay. Well, it's Quartermain. It's not quarter. It's yeah. Quartermain. Yeah. There's okay. no R. Okay. Yeah. Just like a lot of a lot of people when they read this. They say quarter mass. Yeah. When yeah. Whereas, whereas I, as usual, get it right the first time. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good right there. Like that one. Oh my God! It must be red light, green light time. Woo! Really? Oh. We're doing that again? You have no idea how many of these god things I've had. Oh boy. And there's more to do. Goddamn, get excited, you phone-looking freaks. <laughs> My phone's not hey, hey, I'm looking I'm up not... the pronunciation of Quatermass. Mm. It's Quatermass. Is it another one of those things where, like, it's spelled Greenwich, but it's pronounced Greenwich? No, no, there's no R in it. It's Q-U-A-T-E-R-M-A-S-S. Mm-hmm. And Maine, Quatermain, is the same thing. Q-U-A-T-E-R. Anyways. That's not how you spell Maine. Anyways, oh. red light, green light. Let's go. What, what kind of red light here? Wow. See? Wow. Johnny on the spot here. He's got no right. time for I shenanigans. got briefcases of money, and I want to keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> he got no time for bullshit. <laughs> That's right. I love that he's diving into the role. Yeah. I, I, I fully <laughs> embrace this man right now. All right, guys. I got some pictures here. I it on my desk. It's time for us to red light or green light this. Uh, if we think it's going to make us some money or if we're just going to... Let it go. All right. First one, the red light, green light, full well 73. Oh, this is Sorry? A, this sounds like a big red. The production company behind James Corden's late night talk show 
and of which Corden is a partner, is developing a science fiction drama series for CBS. Hmm. All access? The series, entitled Embody, centers on a recently blinded special agent who volunteers for an experimental government program that transfers her consciousness into somebody else's body, enabling her to both see and fight crime. Chai Hetk will write and co-executive produce the series. It is foray into television. CBS Television Studios will produce the series. So, James Corden's Embody. What happens to the other person? Exactly, my thought. I don't like this. Red light. I want to know what happens to the other person, too, but I'm not red lighting on that. Um, Corden's doing pretty good in what he does, I think. And, of course, he's a Doctor Who guy, too. All right. So, uh, I'll go green light it. Green light for a body? Just because he's a red for Matt? Doctor Who guy? You're going to green light it? Because he was in it. The first time I saw him, he was in an episode of Doctor Who. Actually, okay. one, one, of the, one of the funnier ones. Um, he was in two episodes. Right. The, the second one's the funnier one. Yeah. The first, yeah, he's, the first he's, one's good, but the second one's hilarious. He's got the kid. <laughs> yeah. He was also in Into the Woods, which was a really good adaptation. Yeah. Right. Right. But he had nothing to do with that as far as producing it. Producing it, but yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm curious. I mean, I, I'm in, I, I don't watch the show regularly, but I, when I was, the clips I see on YouTube crack me up. And uh, he's got a science function. I don't know. Come so. back to me on this one. Right. Okay, let you think about it. It sounds interesting. Um, whether it'll work in practice, I don't know. But green light. Green light. See, see, yeah. see what they can do with it. Yeah, green light. <clears throat> I, right. I, I really want to know about the uh, like like Matt. I really want to know about the other body body or bodies. Can she? Do they just I think plug it's her just, into somebody? I think or it's they... just the one. I think for me, it relies a lot on tone. Is this gonna be like hard edge? We fight crime, and I'm and I'm battling it out with two entities in this body, or is it gonna be like Lily Tomlin and Steve Martin and all of me? Which See, I was thinking I, it was more I like uh, yes, all of me is wonderful. Sort of quantum leapish, where they just, you know, they plug her into a different, you know, body every week, and she fights crime and then goes back to her. Yeah, that point is no, normally that point is vague enough that I would red light it because I don't know, but I'm for some reason I'm I'm feeling positive towards this one. All right. Yeah, green light. All <laughs> right. <laughs> Ah, we took one of your briefcases. That's one briefcase gone. (laughs) (laughs) All right, the red light, green light to Matthew Arnold, Paul Bay, Terry Miles, Entertainment 360, and Universal TV are developing a supernatural drama based on the Black Tapes podcast for the network. Too many chefs in the kitchen there. (laughs) Red lights. (laughs) There's going to be creative differences. Can't get along. That's, funding issues. That's okay. cool. You've red lighted light. it after the first sentence. Oh, Dad, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. Too many fucking hands in there. Usually I pay extra for that. <laughs> the Black Tapes adaptation follows a journalist who investigates the unexplained supernatural mysteries caught on tape by a skeptical scientist. Each week, the reporter and scientist will explore the ghosts, both literal, literal and figurative, that haunt them. The podcast, which began airing in 2015, is a sci-fi horror soap opera designed to mimic the style and tone of such true crime podcasts as Serial. What starts out as a biography of a skeptic embarking on a mission to debunk claims of the supernatural eventually becomes an exploration of his unsolved cases and paranormal culture. The Black Tapes podcast has accumulated 41.5 million downloads to date. 
nothing. Yeah, Consist- say. <laughs> consistently ranking on Apple's iTunes <laughs> arts chart in the top 10 in America and top 50 in Canada, Australia, and the UK. After the airing of the podcast's 12-episode debut season in 2015 and a 12-episode second season in 2016, a truncated six-episode third season aired in 2017 and ended on a cliffhanger over a year ago. Ooh. All right. That's a mystery to solve right there. The Black Tapes, Podcast to Show, Universal Television, Red Light, Green Lights. Um, I don't know. I feel like I didn't get enough of what's going on to say yay or nay, which really leads me to want to say red light. All right. Do it. Keep your money. I'll counterbalance it with a green light because it sounds like they're doing a different spin on the media and all. We're tying in the uh, podcast thing and all that. So it sounds like it could be interesting. It might not be great, but it's, it's charting new territory. So green. All right. Kirsten. I'm going to green light because he gave me an idea for a YouTube web series. Ooh, wow. Okay. Um, I'm kind of red lighting on this one because I don't think that they're going to incorporate the podcast in any way. I think they're just going to take this story and translate it into visual medium. If that's the case, then yeah, I would, I would red light it. I, I, don't, I don't think they're... I think they make might make, make some nods to the podcast, but I don't think that's going to be the central point. The central point is this skeptic who slowly stops being a skeptic as he's exposed to all these paranormal activity. Yeah, okay. I'm red lighting it then. I'll take it back by green light. You can stock it here with my briefcases. Here. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll throw my money towards, towards Kay's uh, YouTube series. How about this next one? The short and sweet. Yeah. Ripley's Believe It or Not is bringing a TV show to the Travel Channel at some point in 2019. Bruce Campbell is on board to host. Founder Robert Ripley hosted a version of the show back in the late 40s. The show has reboots in the 80s and early aughts. No word on when the new program will debut. Ripley's Believe It or Not coming back to television, but this time with Campbell as host. Is Dean Cain going to make a cameo? Uh, Hope not. (laughs) In fact, we're paying him to stay away. Um... We haven't talked about this before. Were we just waxing nostalgic about Ripley's Be- Believe It or Not? It was, yes. posted, it was posted on Facebook way back, too. Okay. Yeah, we were, we were just talking That's about how it. long these have been on the goddamn list. Oh, I see. Yeah. All right. It's already done its first season is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Keep in mind, ladies and gentlemen, these there shows are have few, already aired. There are a few I have pulled off because they have already aired. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, virtually you know nobody. What? I'm going to green light it. All right. I like Bruce Campbell. That's pretty much yeah. as I, there's virtually nobody else's host that I would green light this on. But Bruce Campbell, I would green light. I'm green lighting on him. Yeah, green light. I'm the same. I loved green Ripley's light. Believe It or Not in the 80s. I, I loved that show. We had so many of those books kicking around my house oh, when I was a kid. I was I, fun. Jack Palance, perpetually out of breath. Believe it or not. Or not. Yeah. This is spot on. <laughs> Spot on. That's because you've done all those one-arm push-ups before they take. Sure, that's why. <laughs> when you're doing the Dewey Decimal System in the library, the paranormal weird books go in the early aughts next to the reference section. Mm-hmm. And in my library back in Portland, Indiana, it was on the second floor, tucked back in this weird corner. 
that had its own like weird window that weird light would pour in. And so I would sit back in that corner and read Ripley's Believe It or Not books and spook myself silly. Oh, nice. Mostly because it was just a weird, isolated area of the library where the creepy books were kept. That explains a few things. Yeah. Yes, it does. Doesn't, doesn't it, it though? <laughs> so, yeah, I've, I've been attached to Ripley's all my life. I still love the Ripley's museums, so I'm very happy to see this continue as yeah. a show. When I moved here... 27 years ago. And the Four Queens! Yeah, they had that, and they had the um, the Guinness. Uh, yes! Uh, those were both here when I first got here. We, both yeah. had, we had the Guinness Museum, and we had the Four Queens, Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum, which I went through so many times. First time I ever came wow. out here, Todd's parents took us both through the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum. I went I through that. with that thing so many times that I could give you a verbal description of the walkthrough of the whole thing and what you will see and when. It was pretty cool. I was so upset. I didn't have time when I was in Orlando to see the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum that was out there. So I remember driving by it going, oh, oh, I don't have time. But there's so many of them out there. And if you haven't been to one, go. They're fun. They're ridiculous. Yeah, there's They're one nuts. in Niagara Falls. Yes. Anywhere that there is a major touristy <laughs> area, there usually is one. And Vegas isn't that kind of touristy, but where there's like tourist traps kind of thing. Isn't there one on them. Hollywood Boulevard now, too? There's one in Hollywood yeah. Boulevard. Okay. There, there's one in Pigeon Forge uh, slash Gatlinburg. Yeah, if it's Orlando, yeah, if it's touristy, so it's you there. Pigeon Forge? Yeah, that's where uh, Dollywood is, I think. Yeah. Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge. Dollywood? <laughs> are you, are you, yeah. Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg is the tourist trap central of the United States. It's the uh, oh. it's it's the uh, is it a battlefield? It's, like it's, the, it's the Branson of Tennessee. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, Jesus it is. Without Christ. the theaters, yeah, uh, all the other stuff, not theaters. So Portland, Indiana. What about it? Um, that's where you grew up, huh? Yeah, it's it's landlocked. It's really landlocked. Yeah, yeah. and where's what? the fucking port? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no it's, river. No. There, there's, there's a lake like way off in uh, about 30 miles away. There's a creek. All right. So, oh, no. probably, is it a creek or a crick? It's probably a some <laughs> some dude named Bob Portland sure. founded the city, you know. That's where the cement came from, too. There you go. Yeah, Bob Portland cement. Uh, but I yeah, I green light. I mean, Bruce Campbell's not my first choice for who, Ripley. Who would on. your choice be? Joe Pesci. Really? <laughs> Wow! <laughs> All right, defend that. Defend that you choice. You mean to tell me that this guy did moved fucking ten ton stones, fucking levitated them, and built a whole fortress out of that? What fucking bullshit is this? It's, I don't give a shit what you think. This is bullshit. It's called the Coral Castle, and I've been there. Yeah. Please believe it or not, <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> This thing was made out of M&M's. I don't there like you, it, but I'm showing you, it to you, believe you it or not. Yeah. Nice. There you go. There you go. Netflix. He's got me sold on that one. I would double green like that one. <laughs> <laughs> i double green like that one. How, how about Joey Pants? Yeah. Huh? How about Joey Pants? <laughs> oh. he's, just, he's just a toned down version. Yeah, yeah really. He's just common. Give give Joe Pesci a quaalude. He'll do Joey Pants. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so so, he's the ultra version of Pants. Pesci is the ultra version of Pants. He's, he's the sure. Power 4000 version. Yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> Netflix, red light, green light, has given the green light, but maybe we won't, to Shadow and Bone. 
an eight-episode series based on a best-selling series of novels by Lee Bardugo, set in what is called the Grisha-verse. The books, comprised of Shadow and Bone trilogy, along with the Six of Crows duology, take place on a world called Ravka that is divided into two massive zones of darkness called the Shadow Fold. The Fold is apparently inhabited with all kinds of monsters. And the first book follows a young orphan turned soldier named Arlena Starvo, who's training to make her initial journey across the fold, a journey that unlocks incredible powers which Alina never knew she possessed and which she could unite or destroy her world. Bird Box, Bloodshot, and arrival screenwriter Eric Harriser is on board as writer and showrunner, while Sean Levy, whose company 21 Laps is behind Stranger Things, is an executive producer on the series along with the author. So, what do you feel about Something in Bone Trilogy? There's nothing I didn't like about any of that. That was all sounds good. Yeah, shadow, like shadow and Bone. Green light. Like green light, that one. I'll give it a shadowy green. A shadowy green. Me. Yeah. 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 Didn't. Yeah. Not. Too much shadow, not enough bone. Just didn't sound. To me, didn't sound very exciting. Clearly, they liked it, but I just, yeah, green or red light. For me. I like just the uh, uh, the um, people behind it. It does have some pedigree. Yeah. Yeah. Just, but I mean, just based on the description, it doesn't sound like anything very exciting. Again, going, going in the dark to fight monsters. Yeah. Not your thing. Didn't. Fighting monsters ain't your thing. What if it's like a Reddick type thing? Hmm. Like they have glowy eyes. No. So just you can see in the dark. No. <laughs> yeah. No. No. I wow. guess I don't guess I don't understand what part of Riddick you're trying to <laughs> equate. So the creatures in it. Oh, okay. Oh, like. the pitch black creatures. Okay. Yeah. No. I, I, <laughs> I'm assuming that's a no by the the unimpressed description he gave. <sighs> okay. Well, I, it it's weird. This reminds me of it was an elementary school class. Sister Mary Catherine came in. And uh, they had separated the girls and the boys. They had their their own class for this, and we had ours. And uh, she had set up a film strip, and she put it was a picture of a vagina, and she was like, "Boys, you see all these folds? There are <laughs> monsters in those folds." What? Really? Don't, don't put your bone in those shadowy folds. Dude, it's fu- he's fucking around, dude. <laughs> Come on. You didn't fucking get that? Wow. <laughs> yeah. I got him, folks. It's Catholic. Of course I believe you. <laughs> and, and, and he's and sitting here shaking his head. I'm like going, what the hell were you in Catholic school? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It was Lutheran school, actually. But, um, oh, now I get it. I heard bone and shadows, and then you're talking folds and monsters and going in the dark to fight. And I'm just like, this is the worst abstinence class I've ever heard of. <laughs> I may be having a bad influence on him, because that was a really weird stretch. Yeah. Now, you, yeah. <laughs> see, that's what, see that's what, what it happens like when you start yeah. going Now, off. that I would believe, that Randy is having a bad influence on Kirsten. <laughs> Uh, what's your influence? Write to us. Comments at UglyCouchShow.com. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Foldy K. <laughs> Is that your rap name now? Weird. Fact checked Andy. Maple Leaf Matt. We'll talk to you next week in Geek. Green light, though, because, you know, fighting monsters. What, oh, yeah, we never got to that part, did we? What, what, <laughs> what are you going to do?
You got to do we it. We were at a high note. I had yeah, no, shutter fighting down. monsters. Somebody's high. Spaceships yeah. blowing up. Is it an all-time high? Yes. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> wow! You, you you pulled out the worst James Bond. Thing no, I know, right? That is <laughs> not the worst one because I saw it's the damn opening. near. Although <laughs> Die Another Day was a pretty bad. That was a, the, is that Bond the Madonna thing. one? Yep. That's terrible. You're it's, right. It's that pretty is, bad. That is really bad. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, I remembered something else I did. Okay, Andy, uh, what yeah, do you do? What is yeah. it? <laughs> he See? is having a bad This is exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. Holy I, shit. I, I Tonight, the part of fact check Andy will be played Warcraft. by. Warcraft. All right, so go ahead. <laughs> I got my ass kicked in Warcraft. Uh, did you? Yeah, my, my warlock, my undead warlock hit 10th level, and that opens up a few things. And I'm like, all right, I want to try Death Knight, because that sounds cool. So I made a Death Knight. Well, they start at level 55. So... I go trooping along, and I'm like, I'm going to death knight people. And I picked up my sword, and I just started walking around, and I had to go kill an innocent group of villagers. And so I'm going down to the village to kill them. And I'm just like, yeah, whap and whack. And suddenly this guy comes riding up on a horse because I'm in a stable, and it's the stable master. And I'm like, I'm going to kick this guy's ass. And I'm just fight, whack. And first of all, I'm like hitting buttons because I've now got all nine buttons on the toolbar loaded with stuff. And I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but I'm just hitting buttons. And I'm like, yeah, take that. And suddenly I go red. And then I get, and then I'm dead. And I'm like, a fucking stallion, a fucking horse came and helped the stable master. So I'm killing the stable master, but this horse came up beside me and he's like, put it put it put So every time I'd resurrect, this horse would come running up and start beating the shit out of me. Every time you came back to life? Yes, because my body was right there. And I'm like, okay, resurrect. And I'd stand up, all right, where's this fucking, ah, oh, ah, and just put it up, put it up, put it up. That's what you get, Kirsten. Oh, man. You get should've, stomped to death by a horse. You yeah. should have gone on karma. <laughs> it was terrible. Kill an innocent village for people. I'm like people. sitting there and, I, and, and I'm like, you know, and, and I'm like hitting buttons and I'm trying to move and I'm hitting the wrong button and I move the wrong way and I'm just like, oh, God, this is so totally not like what I was told it was. Sounds like a user problem. <laughs> I, I have to agree with Andy's assessment. I think you need to play it naked. Yeah. And blind the horse. So 